Hello and welcome to Views from the Market, Mid-Market Private Equity and M&A in Canada. My name is Mario Nagel, and I'm a partner in the Private Equity and M&A Group at Steichman Elliott. For today's podcast, I'd like to welcome Makari Akio. Makari is the founder of Graves Hall Capital and visiting lecturer at Cornell University's Business School. Bakari, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Mario. We always start our podcasts by asking our guests to tell us a little bit about themselves, but about their history. And I'm dying to hear about yours. Super interesting history and background and perspective. So why don't I just turn it over to you to tell us a little bit about yourself and about Graves Hall Capital. Sure. So as you mentioned, I'm the founder of Graves Hall Capital, which is a private equity firm I created to buy companies. So far, I've completed a few deals. Earlier this year, I bought a burlap bag manufacturing company called NYP Corp. I did that in partnership with a private equity firm. Before that, I bought an educational technology company. I did that deal in partnership with a family office. And so far, I've been teaching MBA candidates how to buy companies as a visiting lecturer at Cornell's Business School. So yeah, those are the sort of the big highlights as it relates to the entrepreneurship through acquisition world. My background is pretty non-conventional as an acquisitions guy. I've worked in corporate development for major companies. I've been head of mergers and acquisitions for startups. But when you roll it all back where it started from back in like 2015, I hadn't gone through the traditional business school and then a couple stints in investment banking and private equity to get to where I'm at, my trajectory is a lot different. And so sometimes that's pretty attractive to people when they understood, to, to, which exposes them to an, an option and a way to get into this space without a lot of the signifiers that a lot of people have in other paths. And so that's a little bit about me. Vicari, you're uh, very well known in the, what we call the ETA community, the entrepreneurship through acquisition community. And, mm-hmm. you know, I really wanted to take advantage of that if I could and jump in on that front because, uh, sure, you know, you kind of live ETA, you live and breathe it. And, you know, it really has grown over the years in the U.S. and then also in Canada, frankly. And sometimes people don't even realize the kind of broader term for what they're doing is what we would call ETA and particularly here in Canada. And so I wanted to get your perspective on that. And maybe we could start a little bit about, you know, as a person who's living in the ETA community and lived ETA, talk a little bit about, you know, the history, what you're seeing, the opportunities. I mean, just a bit about the ETA itself. Yeah. So I would say for me, I think that entrepreneurship through acquisition is one of the biggest opportunities for somebody who's interested in becoming an entrepreneur, but skipping a lot of the startup fears and experiences that most businesses go through. And sort of just like skipping ahead past finding product fit, finding customers, finding employees, like skipping that whole process and finding an established successful company where the seller is interested in making an exit doesn't have the option or doesn't want to pursue the option of selling his company to a large competitor or to a major private equity firm, but is more interested in watching his or her legacy be continued in the hands of an entrepreneur like the ETA people who I teach and interact with in my life. And so I think of this as being an amazing opportunity. I think it's exciting and it's also very, very difficult. And so I always want people to not see it as like this sort of fast path 
it's quicker, I think, than startups in terms of the accessibility of building wealth, but it's not something that should be approached without a great deal of concern and thoughtfulness as you're considering taking on this incredible opportunity. Bukhari, you know, um, entrepreneurship through acquisition has a rich history in the U.S. Maybe if I can ask your perspective on the kind of key pillars, because its success kind of is built on a bunch of key pillars. Um, sure. One of the ones that I look at from a Canadian's point of view is just the rich number of entrepreneurs and people who are interested in doing this. Yeah. People who get the bug are like you. And maybe if I could ask, so there's, to me, there's kind of three pillars. There's, there's the entrepreneur, there's the deals themselves, and obviously the nature of the U.S. market, and it brings with it an incredible amount of volume and opportunity on the deal flow side. But the mm -hmm. fact that the deal community is interested in selling to entrepreneurs who don't have their own capital and use third-party capital, and that's the other one. I mean, what I find unique about ETA in the U.S., it's very American and wonderful, is just the volume and support of private capital. There's just so yeah. many sources of capital, which is so unique in your market. To be honest with you, it's what why ETA is growing in Canada, because we have so much of this U.S. private capital that's just so interested in this space and wants to do more and engaged. I agree. That's what attracted me to the space myself was the, you know, I came from a very poor background. I didn't have a lot of the financial support that some of the people who have been successful in my path or in this journey had before they took off. And so when I was looking into this space as a potential wealth building opportunity, I was stunned by how much capital there was accessible to people who wanted to take on this path and that there was a very clear set of criteria that if well adhered to would yield that success on the acquisition front and that these guidelines were not merely just like hacks or like if you do this kind of thing, like it was also teaching you good business fundamentals, like the types of companies that we are able to acquire with the capital that's available to acquire are also fundamentally fantastic businesses. These are not like shot in the darks startups that started 16 months ago. These are legitimate businesses that generally have been in business for decades. And so it both gave me a business education by understanding the fundamentals of these companies while attempting to pursue the capital access that's richly available, as you already mentioned. When you look at the marketplace in the U.S., you know, we always say in Canada, we kind of see where the trends are going and look at the U.S. as kind of a market leader on some of these trends. And entrepreneurship through acquisition is definitely one of those spaces where the U.S. has just had more of a history and more volume and more activity. But in Canada, it's starting to grow and we're starting to see more and more people who want to do deals this way. What are the trends in the U.S. in this space right now? What are you seeing out there? in the ETA space? Well, one of the big things that's been happening is that the SBA, which I would say is probably the strongest supporter of the ETA community, even and Maybe so, you just tell us what the SBA is, because it's, sure. it's so, a very U.S. thing. It's not a Canadian. That's an absolutely true statement in this sense, even beyond the U.S.-Canada borders. So the, the SBA is the Small Business Administration, which is the federal government's body that administers and supports the small businesses within the United States. And so 
funny anecdote. I was in Cape Town, South Africa for a month. As I'm traveling on this world tour right now, traveling and living in 12 countries for 12 months with this program called Remote Year. And while I was in Cape Town, I prioritized trying to meet some of the private equity people who were out there. And I told them about the SBA and what the environment of capital access that the banks. So just for your audience's sake, assuming that you don't already know this, the Small Business Administration provides a guarantee to many U.S. banks supporting their clients, the bank's clients, when they want to go out and acquire businesses, meaning up to about $5 million, the bank can loan you that money knowing that they have a almost entire guarantee from the federal government, meaning if you buy this company and it goes bankrupt, the SBA can go recover almost the full balance of their loan from the federal government. And now it creates an incentive still for the bank to be very rigorous because it's not the full amount of money is not secured, but it's overwhelmingly like it's I think it's more than three quarters secured. And so that amount of capital, a five million dollar access that's available to every U.S. citizen in the country, as long as you don't have some reason for a bank to decide to turn you down for a loan. If you find a good company and you can negotiate a good price and that price is below $5 million, the federal government partners with you on trying to complete that acquisition. When I explained that to private equity investors in South Africa, it was complete silence after I explained that. Just so you know, it's, it's, it's silence here too. <laughs> yeah. We don't have anything like that again. <laughs> like they couldn't believe it. And so that's the height of the capital access. That's what inspired me when I first became aware of this back in 2015 and essentially started becoming an evangelist to my friends, my local community and to others trying to say, hey, there is an opportunity here and it's massive. And you can literally partner with the federal government to take advantage of it. When you raise capital, like, I mean, in this space, when you think about all the deals that happen in the U.S. and the E.T., where do you go look for capital? What are the kind of key players in terms of capital sources? So I have uh, sort of weekly calls with guys in my space and women in my space who are interested in doing this. And one of the first questions they love to ask me is about the capital access. And I hate saying this truism, though it almost always ends up being right, which is that if you find a good business and negotiate a good price for it, a fair price where your investors or potential investors can make money, you can usually find the capital. There are so many capital sources in the U.S. available that are searching for good deals. At the top end of the market, you have massive private equity firms. Then as you go and, lower... And, and just to be clear, Booker, those private equity firms would invest in somebody like you. They would invest yes. in somebody like what? So, wow. so wow. the Burlap Bag Manufacturing Company that I bought earlier this year, I did that deal in partnership with a very large private equity firm. Not as large as KKR or Blackstone, but $400 million AUM is not something to sneeze at. That's a meaningful size company, and they've been in business for almost 30 years. They put me through a rigorous test and understanding what my motivations and my ethical perspective and separate from that, started evaluating the business itself. And then we completed a deal on that company that was a $30 million business. And so that's a significant size company. That's larger. Well, how many times larger is that? 
six times larger than what the SBA will allow you to borrow. And so when I was going after that transaction or going after that business, it required me to start being a bit more creative and looking outside of just the more standard sources of capital, which include the SBA. But there are also private investors in our space who have up until very recently would define themselves exclusively as search fund investors. And there are like maybe a dozen fund of funds that exist for the purpose of investing in search funds as defined by the Stanford search fund primer. But more recently, maybe in the last like five years, there have been organizations and groups and communities that have been created to back with capital and have defined themselves as ETA investors. And so they are not part of the fund of funds world and they're accessible on platforms like search funder and others where you can connect with people who are looking to make, you know, give checks for 50, 100, $300,000 to back these types of deals. Bakari, when you look at the evolution of the space in the U.S., one of the things I've noticed, and, and we see it in Canada, is it's, it has really become a space that is very supportive of entrepreneurs, in the, not only in the sense of giving them money, but even in the sense of economic terms. We in Canada uh, are seeing a lot more of this entrepreneur through acquisition because we're seeing a lot of search fund investors who traditionally are American come and be willing to do deals. But they're, of course, they're willing to do them on search fund terms. But we're seeing, yes. hearing more and more people getting better carry and higher carry in the U.S. because of the amount of capital that's invested. I wanted to get your sense of what you're seeing on the ground when it comes to carry for entrepreneurs, the kind of economics that they get in these deals. And it, it seems to be getting better and better for people like you, the economics in these deals. That's true. And it's because there's a, as I mentioned, a flood of new investors who are willing to back these entrepreneurs outside of the 12 uh, or so mainstream or well-known search fund fund of funds. That's a very, very new development. When I first came into this space, it was very limited to just those groups of people. And so it took me a very long time, well more time than I think most people in this space tend to take to complete the acquisitions that I did. Because at the time, you could only really go to search fund partners and Anacapa and Pacific Lake and a few others. And once, you know, three out of 12 turn you down, you know, soon enough, the rest will follow suit. And then many of the investors who were willing to invest outside of those groups were only willing to invest if they had also gotten one of those other parties involved. And those parties, we used to call them the, the search fund mafia. They have a very strict set of terms that they adhere to. And there's nothing to say that those terms are wrong or right or, or anything. It's just to say that that's the place that they were at. What happened probably around 2018, 2019 is a flood of new investors who saw the returns that were already happening and that were basically only enjoyed by the search fund mafia and their LPs have now very much democratized that space, far more than what it was when I first entered the space in 2015. And so there are people who are buying companies, $2 million to $5 million in total revenue or purchase price, excuse me, and coming out having put up very little capital, maybe as low as $100,000 or less, and owning 60 to 80% of the common equity in that business. Now, sure, they give up the preferred and da da da, da but 
that's an incredible opportunity to go out there and buy a large business for around $5 million and own 80% of the business while putting up almost, you know, less than $100,000. And so that's the situation that U.S. search players, ETA players are finding themselves in. Bakari, you're on the ground. You see the space every day. Where is ETA going? Like, what comes next? I mean, obviously, it's a continuous growth in the space. People are attracted to it more and more. A lot of, you know, great new entrepreneurs, young talent, people of all ages, frankly, I see in Canada. Where do you think this space is going from where you sit? Yeah, I think in 2017, I was at Stanford and they had a conference there and you could actually find a recording of this online. One of the very esteemed people in the space had noted that the space was increasing and that the potential for lowering returns and more, I don't know, people who were not as rigorous or as desirable as uh, CEOs and operators were going to start to come into space. And I think the sense when you listen to that speech is that that's a negative in the minds of those search investors. I think what's actually happened since then has been, while the space has grown, I think that there was a bit of a misunderstanding by that group of people about the fact, or at least a, not an acknowledgement of the fact that People have been buying companies since the beginning of capitalism. That's how businesses have been transferring since we started creating LLCs. And so what's happened that's unique is that there's more capital available for people who want to do deals. But this has been like there are people who are buying companies and they do it as a part of their daily life. And they have never, ever, ever heard the phrase ETA. And so our community is very, very small. But what's really great about it is that the ethics and side of our community are very communal and they're very sharing and they're very supportive of one another. You can usually get in contact with somebody if you need to. They'll share with you advice willingly and they'll introduce you to people who are interested in giving capital and supportive of deals. Like our space is very, very communal. And then on top of it, the learning all multiplies on top of each other. You know, a platform like SearchFunder, which exists where you can literally just go on and if you have any question, you can type it and people in the community will respond to it. And then on top of it, you can go in our search and you can see like history of people reaching out and asking questions about different things. That is very unique. So it's actually kind of sad for the people who are outside and have never heard of ETA, who are performing and acting in this space, but don't have access to the resources that we all have as a part of this community. And so that's what's really been happening since that speech. And I'm really proud to be a part of that increasing size of our space. Doesn't mean, in my opinion, that we're losing business access. No, every five years, a business that's been alive for five years is now available, right? Like there's so many companies and so much deals and so many exciting businesses in the United States that are not ready to sell and will be available on the market maybe in two or three years. And so as more people start becoming aware of it, you know, but they, no, I don't think there will be ever be a moment where we get too oversaturated in this space. And if we do, we'll know it. <laughs> Like, it'll be very obvious when one day we turn on the television and CNBC is saying, you know, search funds and ETA as a part of like their, uh, the way that they do with like crypto and other alternative assets. There's one thing, if I, if I can leave you with this question, if you look into the crystal ball for the future, if there's one thing about ETA that you think will stand out in a few years, what do you think it would be? What do you think is the one thing that stands out? 
Well, I am excited to see how these changes that the SBA have been making to loosen the restrictions on the way that we can do deals alongside them. I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. I think that has the potential for very good and has the potential for very bad, where somebody does something who's not connected to our community, who hasn't been following the threads, who's not connected at all, but uses the same method that we do just happenstance and in some way ends up creating an environment where the government wants to be much more strict about their willingness to support us on these transactions. You know, it's an enormous blessing and an enormous opportunity that, like, as I mentioned, and as you, you've already said, when you tell people who are outside the United States about this capital source that we have available to us, their jaws just hang. They can't believe it that every single person in America if they can find a company for sale that's under $5 million, can go to the bank and get a federal guaranteed loan to go out and buy it. That's unheard of anywhere else. And it's been around for you know a very long time. So who knows how it plays out, but I think that these changes are gonna be an interesting thing to watch. Bakari, I wanted to thank you for joining us. You know, I think it's great to get your personal perspective and experience on the space. And more importantly, you talk about what really makes the space unique and where it's going. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Thank you for telling us more about the ETA space. And, uh, and we feel the excitement in your voice. It's exciting to hear you talk about it. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me.